This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. So not everyone is happy with Michigan's new legislative and congressional maps. In fact, there is a lot of criticism coming from all sides of the political spectrum. Yesterday, a group of current and former lawmakers and political activists announced their intention to file the first major lawsuit challenging the maps themselves. They claim that these maps violate the Voting Rights Act by diluting minority populations and districts, especially here in southeast Michigan. Here to talk about the lawsuit is one of the people who is challenging those maps. Keith Williams is chairman of the Michigan Democratic Party Black Caucus. Keith, welcome back to Detroit today. Yeah, good morning. How are you yeah. guys doing? It's great to, it's great to have you here uh, to talk about this. So let's start with your concerns uh, about these maps, uh, congressional and legislative. Tell me why you think they violate the Voting Rights Act. Yeah, because it doesn't meet the 50% threshold, the 50% voting age threshold. Right now, the maps, from what I'm seeing, they're down like to 40%, and that's not 50%. And that's why we're challenging. Right. So, uh, but there isn't anything that I can find in VRA case law that says that voting populations of opportunity districts need to be 50% or more to elect minority uh, representatives. The commission and redistricting experts that we've talked with in recent weeks have talked about that number being closer to 40%. And nationally, uh, the average district that is uh, represented by uh, a non-white person has a non-white population of about 40 percent. So tell me why, in, in your mind, 50 is the number rather than 40. Oh, when I looked up the, uh, the law, the Voting Rights Act, it said 50 percent. And I don't know what the other foundation or the basis they came up with, 40 percent. I just say this, you know, blacks... Black folks need to represent black folks. Uh, there's been historically we've been doing that. And then, and then the most important thing is most intriguing thing is we went from 17 house seats. Now we're down to five. And then yesterday I saw a map, Stephen, mm-hmm. on the east side. It's two blocks. Two blocks on the east side is going to be spread all the way out to uh, New Boston. It, it touches uh, Clinton Township. And just thinking from that perspective, that guy who's in New Boston, preferably is a white guy, white Democrat or whatever, he has no relationship to the folks in the city of Detroit. So how can you represent me? Hmm. So so uh, when when we were doing this before, when we were letting politicians do this, their approach was to essentially pack black voters into districts in the city of Detroit to prevent them from influencing the outcome in suburban districts. Um, Do you think these maps are, these new maps, are better or worse, I guess, than the ones that are currently in place, which were done specifically to disenfranchise, essentially, black voters? But but these maps are worse because it disenfranchises. It gets back to, you've got 17 house districts, and then you got four, and now you're down to five. That's disenfranchisement. And I thought about this, and I keep thinking about this, even when I was doing reparation. What, what is it about self-determination? You know, shouldn't we have the right to determine our destiny and who we vote for? 
So, so one of the things that I think is really interesting in the map drawing that's that's taking place right now is the demographic change that's happening here in Southeast Michigan. Yes. So, uh, for the first time ever, I believe, uh, the census last year showed that there are more African Americans living outside the city of Detroit here in Southeast Michigan in the suburbs than there are living inside the city. And so as the commission was drawing these maps, one of the things that they had to take into account in terms of producing uh, you know, fair opportunities for African Americans to represent ourselves in Lansing and in Washington was the idea that you could have a district that stretched from inside the city out into the suburbs and maintain that 40% number that the case law really talks about in terms of what's an acceptable uh, VRA opportunity district and get more representation, but that that representation might come from the suburbs rather than the city. In other words, African-Americans who live in the suburbs could get elected to represent Detroiters. Now, we don't see that in the state legislature right now, but we do see it in Congress. Brenda Lawrence, who is from Southfield, represents a large portion of Detroit. Now, I'm not defending that particular district. Yeah, go ahead, Keith. Stephen, can I say this to you? I was part of when Brenda first got elected. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't have won if it wasn't for Detroit. Uh, That's true. But the the fact that she lives outside the city and represents the city uh, and that so much of her district is in the suburbs uh, it, it proves that you can get to that level of self-determination that you're talking about without drawing districts that um, that are just uh, that that are so predominantly uh, in the city or for instance uh, 50% african american but Stephen, Brenda was an anomaly to me. She was born and raised in Detroit. She went to Pershing. Right. So she did have some uh, semblance of what was happening in the community. So yes, so do you say that's an anomaly? I, I, I guess I'm not sure that I agree with that anymore because the African-Americans who live in the suburbs, all uh, the, the people who live in the suburbs are Detroiters by yes, birth, I, I most of them. Point. They're Brenda, the, right? Yeah, I get your point. So all you do is just sit to... Shifting, uh, uh, shifting from Detroit to Southfield with the same people that were born and raised in Detroit. Right. Okay. I'm saying if the people who were born and raised in this in 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 the suburbs in Oakland County, for example, has no understanding of of what's happening in Detroit. Sure. So they go. Their politics is geared for that area. Brenda's politics. She learned the politics in Detroit. But guess what? We helped her get her over the top, a, a, a few of us, okay? Absolutely. Because I, I was a former Wayne County commissioner, and majority of her area was part of my area. Okay, so she did, she played her politics right. But see, I'm saying that just to, but just to go create, the, uh, tell somebody from the suburb that it never has anything to do with the city, Troy, it would be hard. Yeah, yeah. So, so I also want to ask you about the party uh, advantages that these maps draw. And I, I think what some people would say is that it's better overall for African Americans who live in Detroit or live in the suburbs or who live anywhere uh, if there's a better chance to elect Democrats 
to those seats than Republicans. And if you look, for instance, at the state Senate map, uh, people are talking now about uh, Democrats perhaps controlling the state Senate for the first time since the 1980s because of the way that this was changed. Is that not, is that, I guess I want to have you talk about the, 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 the merits of that kind of change alongside the racial considerations that, uh, the, you know, that are mandated by uh, the federal government to make sure that people have opportunity to, to win. The fact that so many of those districts are Democratic has something to do with the number of African-Americans who are, who are in them, right? Hey, I, let me just say this to you. What the argument in the streets now is, is that the old Democrats versus black folks, the Democratic Party versus black folks. I get it. I'm a uh, the MDP Black Caucus part of the Democratic Party. I want Democrats to win all over the state because I think the Republican Party is playing games. They, you know, they were trying to they they split. They want you know want black folks to have our uh, our uh, our districts. But but then the Democrats, some Democrats lose. I get that. But the bottom line, I get back to self uh, the self determination perspective. It should be an either or. It should be a way they design it where where they can get the black folks as well as get and then we can uh, we can uh, uh, we can serve ourselves too. So I, I just think whoever did the maps, you know, they skewed the maps to to that point. But guess what? You don't go from 17 house districts to five. And leave us out there and say, uh, be good soldiers and, and, and do what the Democratic Party says. I'm a Democrat. Hmm. I want to see us win at all costs. But the bottom, not at all costs, but within the, the guidelines of voting laws and things like that. Sure. But come on. You hmm. know, you know, black folks, we want we are the most loyal people to the political process. And I look at our condition, our living conditions. I look at the educational conditions and our economic conditions. And it's not gotten any better. So guess what? You know, you know, we need to just need to think about this. We have rights in this country just like everybody else, sure. and and we should have a right to self determination. Yeah. Uh, I, I quickly want to take a, a phone call. We're running out of time, but uh, Chris in Detroit, go ahead. Oh, hey, thanks, Stephen. Um, uh-huh. I just want to say. Uh, echo your previous callers. I love this conversation. I think it's really great. And in particular, I wanted to say I really appreciate you trying to dig in and beyond the perhaps sometimes oversimplistic. Uh, it, it's tough, right? Detroit, I understand it's unique. It's a proud black city. It should be a you know center of black power, black political power, cultural power, et cetera. But also it's not always been, may not always be, is not only a black city. And I think this is why it's so complicated. I mean, this idea that Detroit is synonymous with black is powerful. It also has limitations in certain extents. And so I really appreciate your argument, and I'm very curious to see how things go, this idea that perhaps you are extending the power of Detroit and that black vote into, as you highlighted, I did not know, now there are more black Metro Detroiters living outside the city than within. Um, I mean, I think that's the reality, and I, I am hopeful that we move beyond. Yeah, Let's be proud of Detroit. Let's speak to black power, but Detroit is not always, or maybe it is. I don't know. That's the complication. Yeah, it's a, I, think it's, I think that it's that there's some nuance that, that we've got to at least uh, account for. Keith Williams, uh, it's always great to talk with you, you about these things. He can't speak for black folks. Well, well black of course, black he's black. not. Yeah, no, he's not. I don't think he's 
I don't think he's trying to do that, but you're right. I mean, we don't we don't want to see that happening either. Uh, Keith Williams, it's always great to talk with you, though, about these things, and thanks for coming on uh, the show. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. We're going to talk about redistricting again tomorrow. We're going to talk with some of the members of the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission to hear about how they made their decisions. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station.